Welcome to Soul Sessions with Creative Mind with Deborah Burnt Maldonado and Dr. Rob Maldonado of Creative Mind. Join us each week for an inspiring conversation about personal development based on Jungian philosophy, Eastern spirituality, and social neuroscience. Spend each week with us to explore deep topics in a practical way. Let's begin. Hello there. Welcome back to Soul Sessions. And today's episode is called The Intoxicating Power of Romantic Love. And we're going to continue our series on myths, which is this myth we're talking about today is Paris and Helen of Troy. Yes. One of my favorite movies with Brad Pitt. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. But it really is such a great myth. And there's so much symbology in it and um, things we can learn about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Some people think it's uh, it's history and Mm -hmm. there probably is some history to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're approaching it as uh, part of Greek mythology, Mm -hmm. uh, the hero's journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Jung's uh, approach to mythology so that okay. we kind of frame it in the right context. So Jung uh, used, uh, actually used the character of Helen in one of his theories, just like, um, you know, uh, Freud used uh, the Oedipal, Oedi- the Oedipus Oedip- complex yes. in his uh, work. Uh, Jung uh, tended to look at uh, uh myths, especially Greek mythology, as a source of inspiration for his work. Which inspired Joseph Campbell, a lot of people are familiar with him, and the power of myth, so uh, carried on the Young's work. Yeah, he did Mm -hmm. incredible work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think his uh, library is uh, still at Pacifica University in uh, Santa Barbara, California. Yeah, they house his all his works there. So uh, yeah, so Jung uh, identified uh, or used the the character of Helen as part of the evolution of the anima. Mm. And the anima, for those of you not familiar with the with the term, is the countersexual part of a man. So the feminine aspect of a man that he is not conscious of. Yes. Because he and a lot he's of, a man. <laughs> well, a lot of people, yeah, tend yeah. to read it kind of in a social sense of mm-hmm. sexuality and, and gender. But, you know, Jung was talking about archetypal mm-hmm. elements of the psyche. The universal f- feminine powers. Yes. And for him, um, the anima began at, like at the basic level, the way a man relates to uh, the feminine principle was very much a physical way, mm-hmm. which all of us know that as men, we like we wake up to that sexuality and You're that's the object- first things objectifying <laughs> the physical aspect. Well, on both yeah. sides, it's yeah. a, it's, it, it works on the opposite side as well, right? Uh, but it's only a stage of, of evolution of that relationship or of that understanding of the anima, because he says the next stage. Is Helen mm. so the so first it would be like um, a sexual relationship that's purely sexual uh, with a man and woman, and then Helen is more when the person starts having feeling romantic feelings for yeah. the woman. That would be the Helen. The a- anima is activated in that in, in a more it's more evolved. Yes. So the first level would would be Eve, 
you know, naked in the garden, <laughs> which is a beautiful image, of course. But the, the second stage would be Helen, which is that romanticized love. And then the third stage would be Mary Magdalene, who for Jung represented uh, kind of more mature, social, uh, socially engaged love. She was a part of the mission or the purpose of Jesus's message. And so more like a, she wasn't just um, uh, romantic. It was more this uh, kind of bigger purpose, uh, I would say, the human purpose uh, tying yeah. to that type of anima. And then the, the last stage is uh, Sophia, which is the, the mother of God. And that's the divine. Yeah. Um, Sophia translates as wisdom. Mm. And so it's the wisdom stage of love. So for women, we go through these stages. For a man, how he relates to a woman goes through these stages. Like when they're teenagers, they're not thinking romance. They're thinking, wow, my teacher in third grade is really hot all of a sudden, you know, and they're just all going on hormones. And then they get into junior high and they start feeling that. Ooh, getting that first crush and all those things. Yeah. And so evolving from there. But let's go back to anima, um, the power of the anima. Yeah. In, in, for a man, is, um, is con externally he's connecting with a part of himself. Yeah, so uh, to paraphrase one of Jung's uh, quotes on the anima, he says the anima on the one hand connects the man uh, to the collective unconscious to the source of those primal images uh, of the goddess, uh, feminine uh, reproductive power, creativity, uh, creativity, the night, the unconscious mind. He says, on the other hand, it also connects him through the emotions uh, to the, the ever-changing appearance of the external world. Mm. So it, it works in both directions. It connects us to the deeper unconscious mind, uh, the collective unconscious, but also gives us a way to express that in our external life. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's an important function. He saw this this uh, coming to terms with the anima as an important function in both men and women. In women, he saw it as the animus, the spirit within. The anima translates more as the soul. So the soul within a man, the spirit in a woman is that part of individuation that he called the anima animus. So when he talked about Helen, and, and so, you know, we want to read the myth in kind of this context, mm -hmm. in the background of this idea that Jung had. Uh, let's look at the, the story and see what it's okay. talking about. I'm ready for story time. <laughs> so once upon a time, there was this prince of Troy mm -hmm. who... Uh, visited Sparta. That's right. And he met this beautiful, amazing, intoxicating woman named Helen, who was married to the king of Sparta. Menelaus. And he couldn't stop himself. <laughs> he didn't think rationally. He was like the intoxication of love. Yeah, he was smitten. Yeah. Meaning he's he was possessed, basically, by the love that... Uh, kind of wells up from within, right? The, uh, let's say this when projection we, of her, his anima onto her. Yeah, when we experience love, uh, uh, it feels like that other person is the one that is projecting 
or giving you uh, some kind of feeling, right? Yeah, kind of giving us that that feeling. But it's actually it's actually according to Jung, uh, the anima being projected onto that woman. So what you're actually saying is that we are projecting who we love. So in essence, mm. we if if not examined, it's almost like that bringing another myth cupid it's like the arrow is just going to shoot wherever and it's going to be random but we can actually in young's work find a way to become conscious of this part of ourselves the anima animus within us and then we can consciously project who so we could choose who we love in in essence the type of relationship we want but that didn't happen with uh, Paris because he would have chosen a Trojan woman and yeah. would have solved a lot of problems. So let's go yeah. back to the story. He falls in love with Helen. She's the wife of the king of Sparta, who's they're kind of allies, right? And they were doing some kind of deal. <laughs> not for long. And not that. for long. Yeah. Because as uh, he runs out, or, or Helen, uh, there's, there's different uh, where stories her, where it's told. Did yeah, she the go way willingly? It's told. Uh, but it, she ends up essentially going with Paris, mm-hmm. uh, and of course that sets off then the Trojan War mm. uh, or the, the the fall of the Troy. Troy. And then the most of you know the the horse story, where the Trojans build a wooden horse and sneak in, and kind of use it to sneak into the city past the gates. And therefore, the city falls. They were able to penetrate the inside and then take it down. Yeah. And of course, the story is really rich. We invite you to read it and reread it. Um, but we're focusing on the love story as uh, as telling us something about what goes on in relationships. All right. What, what is the myth talking about as far as what that love especially at the at the level of Helen of the uh, romantic the romantic aspect of the anima uh, tells us about relationships. So first of all, it is kind of a, a, a very irrational thing to do. And we all know people that are infatuated or not I, I don't like to use the word infatuated because it, it's there's it's more than that. It's not like puppy love. it's mm. It's essentially like a, a divine experience. It's like possession. A divine like madness. Like, yeah, it's like a madness that you can't control. Like you, you know, when you fall for someone, it's like I wish I could not feel for this person. They don't make any logical sense, and it's, a, it's just this other force that's act, active within you that defies logic. Like it overrides the logic. Overrides the logic, and fear even like a fear of. Yes. You know, uh, uh, this is a stranger. I don't know who this person is, but I just want to be with them every day now. Yes. There's a recklessness to mm-hmm. it, right? That the person is willing to risk a lot f- to hold on to that relationship. Mm-hmm. And here you see it in Paris, uh, kind of throwing uh, his whole city under the bus. Inclu- his family. His family, his father, his brother Hector. Uh, the whole city, basically, because he wants Helen so badly. Mm. And vice versa. Helen is willing to run away or be abducted by Paris, uh, despite knowing, man, the king is going to be pissed off. (laughs) And uh, it's going to make 
everybody very upset. But don't you think too that um, you see men that aren't connected to their anima? They uh, married. This is why a lot of married men or men cheat in a relationship because they haven't connected. So mm. they 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 crave that romantic feeling, that kind of passion, and so they have to find a new projection for it. And so, do you think that's why? men they know they shouldn't cheat on their wife and their kids and they know it's like so dangerous for them to do but it's almost like they can't stop not all men (laughs) but men that aren't connected and grown they 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 get um the anima possesses them and well it happens on both sides yeah well maybe the story indicates that it it's happening on both sides it's not the the men don't have a monopoly on (laughs) cheating (laughs) on cheating and infatuation Well, we're talking about the anima right now right but but that's why like people like if you've ever been married and your husband wasn't faithful you think well what why wouldn't he why would he do that and Mm. it's just because this other force is if they're not conscious of it, it can take over and make the ruin marriages, ruining lives. Yeah. Uh, women too. They they look for that young, like the counterpart to Helen, that young man of like romance or the younger boy, the younger man, and you know the the, the dangerous person that's not the the you know kind of um, predictable safe husband and want that adventure and so. Oh, yeah. Well, you have a lot to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally fulfilled. But, you uh, know, if we're not conscious, these these forces, what I'm trying to say, like you said, it's both sides. Yeah. They act autonomously through us. They, they're they just, they're, they're kind of uh, forces that if we don't, aren't conscious of them, they will basically can ruin our lives, not ruin our lives, but make a mess of things. No, they can ruin your life. They can ruin Absolutely. your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, love can can give you the biggest gift of your life or it can essentially ruin you in, in emotionally or mm. in many ways because mm-hmm. this is one of Jung's points. The unconscious, uh, especially the archetypes, these archetypes are powerful entities. They're not necessarily separate from us, mm-hmm. right? Because they are part of our psyche, but they act as if uh, they take over our life you know, when we're possessed by them, right? Um, and they have a dark side, not a, a dark side in the sense of evil, but a dark side in the sense that there's elements that we can't control about them. They, they don't lend themselves to rational thinking, and therefore they're irrational, emotional, which means they they make, make us act in destructive ways mm-hmm. according to society and the social norms. And every rom-com you've ever seen with the, you know, the the hero always like making a fool and what do you do for love? And, and, uh, and so it is this, um, you know, a lot of people just try to understand love from like hormones. Oh, it's just a bunch of hormones, but there's a psychic energy that's within each of us. And we're, and if we didn't have the anima animus or what Ryung called the anima animus, this feminine masculine energy uh, underneath the surface, we would never have that compulsion to connect with another person. Like, what's besides procreation? Why would we want to stay in a relationship? What makes love last? And how do we evolve love from that primal physical experience and the flurfy, you know, infatuation experience? How do we bond and stay uh, for a lifetime mm-hmm. with someone or longer term yeah. uh, and uh, and deepen that love? And that's really what these elements are. If we can be conscious of them, they could be an asset to us and understand our partner better and ourselves better. 
Yeah. Are you looking for a satisfying career as a life coach? If you are seeking a deeper path of training and growth, Creative Mind University offers an ICF-accredited Jungian Life Coach training program that goes beyond surface positive thinking and into a powerful process of real transformation. You can start your new career as a certified life coach trained in a unique methodology based on Jungian theory, Eastern spirituality, and social neuroscience. Get the tools to become your true self, change your life, and the lives of others. Visit creativemindcoach.com, click on apply, and speak with one of our team members today to discuss your future and possibilities of becoming a certified Jungian life coach. That's creativemindcoach.com. Yeah, well, there's a big hint in the story of Helen that she is from Sparta. Mm -hmm. And Sparta, for those of you that know anything about uh, culture, is a war culture Mm -hmm. (laughs) the spartans were warriors and everyone in that tribe uh was essentially a warrior Mm -hmm. so she was a warrior she was not uh, a wallflower Mm -hmm. waiting to be plucked by uh, a sailor basically (laughs) Uh, she was someone to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. right and she got her way essentially as this powerful warrior woman or princess uh, so that's a big hint also that love, love is a battlefield. Well, that love is powerful. Yeah. That it's not like most of us think these hearts and these little Cupid, these chubby babies. Aww. <laughs> it, it is a, a power to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. not to be trifled with. To but most of, yeah, most of us approach it as if it was this beautiful, tender thing. Fun, yeah. And, and then it, when it does, no longer gets fun, we want to move on. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to stick with it. That's right. That it's going to challenge you. It's going to put you through your pace. And not only so. romantic love, but all close relationships when you build a family. I mean, it's tough to be a parent. It's tough to have have a parent. Uh, you know, life and the people you love that are, you really bond with good friends. I mean, it, it, it's not easy. I, um, I find that a lot of times that love comes with that price. That when, the deeper you love someone, the more you grieve them when they're gone. Or, or whether they leave the relationship or leave at the end of their life it's it's like um such a deep profound um experience for a human being but life wouldn't be as colorful and bright if we didn't have it (laughs) it would i mean you think about your level of love you have for a friend and then think of a level of love you can have for a partner it's just a a different level and and of course parent child is also another level of love but there's something about that stranger it's not blood that you don't owe anything to, but you choose to be together. You yeah. choose to want to be with that person. And when it's mutual, whew, that's right. Then. It's a power. It can be so powerful because when two people are awake and conscious and aware of these, these forces, can you imagine what they can create together? Yeah. Changing, no changing, uh, have a mish, bigger mission in the world. Yeah. And you see this in the. Uh, uh, Helen in Paris, right? That they they change history, they change the course of armies. They mm-hmm. launch her, you know, a thousand ships, and 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 essentially, 
they end up destroying a whole city, mm-hmm. which in, at that time was like destroying a whole civilization, a whole nation, because they were city-states. They weren't uh, mm-hmm. part of a country. They Each city was its own country, in essence. Uh, so... The Greeks had a couple of names for love, uh, especially of this kind of the Helen type. Uh, Ludus was this playful flirtiness that m- it might have started that way, right? That uh, Paris saw Helen. And was like, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and they, and they kind of yeah. started to that uh, relationship. And then Eros, which is the erotic, sexual passion, passionate love that is what in the West, we kind of all think of as the the way love is or mm-hmm. the way love should always be. But as we see, there's other stages that are natural progressions of love that nobody teaches us about. Mm-hmm. So after that initial uh, flirtiness and then that passionate love, romantic, uh, romantic atta- uh, attraction and, and attachment, uh, there comes like a more uh, a more pragmatic kind of love, and it's, it was actually called pragma. Pragma was more established, mm. very much like because okay, you're making the commitment to marriage and and to be together, and yes, it's the romance is. It doesn't mean the romance leaves or the sexual passion leaves. It goes on top of that. Like it's like you're adding layers and and building upon what we have versus moving on to a stage. Yeah, and it was probably meant to rebuild what the initial stage or or that Helen what stage destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> because it is about the couple building new something new in society, mm-hmm. not only in their family but or in their in their relationship, but giving something to society that uh, that could help society mm-hmm. beyond their their relationship, and then finally Sophia or that, that higher stage of wisdom, uh, is agape. Mm. Meaning the individuals in the relationship, through their relationship, through their love for each other, learn to love humanity mm. and the world. And so that's... Like a divine love. Yeah. It's a much bigger process than just thinking, well, I have to be in this romantic love and, and in that romantic face for the rest of my life. Otherwise, it's not love. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people believe that. They mm-hmm. they think, well, the, we've lost this, that spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the passion is left to the marriage. How do we bring that passion back? And then it's this manufactured, ooh, I'm going to bring flowers home and I'm going to take you out to a dinner. Or I'm going to give you a spa day and we'll go away on this adventure to just keep kind of cultivating it but i think the way it stays in that authentic natural um authentic romantic Mm -hmm. is that you do grow and you connect and have a deeper connection to your own animus for women anima for man so when you come together it's like that romance is still there because they're still you're not looking for that other person to be the container for it you're you're finding finding deeper aspects of yourself i mean i know for every like we've been together for how long like almost 20 years and it always feels fresh because we're all always growing. We're always doing our own work. And when two couple, two 
uh, part people in a, in a relationship are each doing their own work, each growing. It, it's never the same person. It's never mm-hmm. you're never the same person with them. So it, there's always that little bit of romance, that little bit of mystery still there. It's not someone there. You know, Claire's been the same way for 20 years, and she's gonna do make the same meal, and she's gonna be in her habits. It's like there's something new to discover about your partner when you're when they're growing and you're growing. Yeah, so that brings us to this idea of uh, the hero's journey, which uh, the story of Helen and Paris is very much couched in this bigger idea of uh, the Odyssey. Mm. From uh, the fall of the city of Troy, then Odysseus goes off on his journey, which becomes the Odyssey, which is essentially the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. But he plays a trick uh, because Odysseus is very much the trickster and all, and this bigger story. He's the one who came up with the Trojan horse, the idea, right? Yes, he he kind of comes up with this idea of uh, sneaking into the city in the Trojan horse, which is uh, very much a trickster um, scene. Mm. Uh, Unexpected, like the trickster archetype is those unexpected. Uh, messing things up when someone's not looking, you yeah, know, chaos, yeah. a little bit of chaos. Very much so. Very clever, uh, tricky. Uh, he kind of uh, pulls a fast one on people <laughs> and, and surprises people. So anyway, the we see that the the myth is always leading to this idea of transformation. Of going on a on a journey of transformation. Now, this is not a literal journey, right? It's an inner journey. In other mm. words, the mythology is talking about the inner process of transformation that's going on in the human psyche. So you always insist on being practical. Well, what I are, just say, what could they? These ideas are so so big, right? Yeah. So how do how do I apply that in my life right now? Yeah. Uh, my romantic relationships. So what would be the practical? And one of them is to see love <laughs> as as a hero's journey, uh, as mm-hmm. a it's an inner journey, and um, the other person is basically there to help you, uh, like mirror your inner inner journey, like where you are. Are you in that sexual? Uh, type of love are you in that romantic kind of love is that's the only kind of relationships you have do you, where does that stop do you not have that long term and then if it's long term does it feel kind of uh stuck somewhere does it need a spiritual element to it and then as you're willing to look and grow within yourself that relationship will change or the type of relationship you fall into will change yeah so we see the city the walled city that represents our our mind when we're entrenched in ego, mm. in our own Fixed life, ways. in our own perspective, in the persona, what Jung would call the persona. Then the the war essentially is the disruptive element of transformation. And it's I think it's the battle between your divine self wanting to be known, this soul in you, spirit in you, wanting to express itself, and the ego saying, no, 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 we, this conditioning is good. My survival kit, we want to keep it in place. And the, But there's always that trickster element. There's some something that interferes or intervenes in your life to to wake you up. And so yeah. it could be a, an event or a person, um, maybe a heartache even, uh, something, a terrible relationship that just goes horribly wrong. 
And it start you start to ask yourself the deeper question, like, what am I doing? Why am I why am I f- repeating this pattern again and again? So there's that opportunity, but the battle is within yourself. You think you're fighting, you know, the world out there. There's not enough the uh, people matching for me or um everyone you know the men or women or this way or that way and you're fighting them the opposite sex or fighting society and what's expected of you but the battle is always within and i think that's the most important thing to remember is that whatever's showing up out there there's an inner conflict within yourself yeah so what brings the battle to our our life is love right the the desire to connect with another person mm-hmm. in this case helen is taken back to troy and into the walls of the city meaning the the the, the individual takes another person into their heart but that begins the war meaning that's going to change everything you're you you cannot no longer exist as your ego self anymore mm-hmm because now the war is knocking at your doors. And you've had that experience with people that when you meet them and you start in a relationship, they're like, they changed your life forever, whether it lasts a short time or a long time, there's something that kind of stirred up something in you that you can never, you're not the same after it. Yeah, so the war is a transformation. Mm. Uh, you know, it, in the symbolic language of dreams and mythologies, War, fire, those kind of elements represent transformation. Mm. Yeah, judgment day, basically. And um, the horse, right, being snuck in represents that. That kind of says that we have to be tricked into into that that transformation because most of us will not willingly renounce our life, our ego self. We hold on to it because yeah, we're attached to it. But we something has to make us move from that position. Mm. Otherwise, we stagnate. And so we do want. I think I always say the the law of the the path of least resistance uh, creates the path of least existence. And we we want to not look for that re, like smooth flow all the time. I mean, it's it, we're always in battle. That's another thing we do want those flow moments. <laughs> But the battle is where we grow. That the conflict is where we change, and um, and to and love is not about just the like you said the cupids and flowers. It's about it's conflict. It's I have to make room for this other person who has a completely different way of working, mm-hmm. uh, living, uh, thinking, and feeling than me. Especially a, a man and woman relationship, because a lot of it is uh, like conditioned socially of. You know, how to how do you deal with emotions how do you communicate and um and it's a challenge to to after you get through the love and infatuation and the sexual part which is easy is how do i really live with someone how do i make that long-term commitment yeah. and that's the battle yeah and you'll notice most of these the world spiritual epics are are kind of couched in that context of a war going on mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that it's that it's a literal war that they're talking about um it might be mm-hmm. you know but it's really representing that internal battle that's going on in us uh between our animal nature our lower na- lower nature and our higher nature our desire to transcend our ego our physicality mm. 
and reach those higher levels of existence. So for someone on the outside seeing this Paris, uh, Helen, tragic as a tragedy and it's terrible and but there's something uh, mystical and, and transformational about it as well if you see it as as a symbolic representation of her own inner journey. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And of course, Hector, the great hero, dies Aww. in the battle uh, with Achilles, which is kind of also symbolic of transformation, mm-hmm. of sacrifice and all that. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so next week, uh, we'll talk about um, the last leg is the hero's journey and uh, more into the hero's journey and the symbolism and pop culture of the, the heroes and how they undergo their transformation and how we can be the hero in our life and for our journey to um, go for what we really want and, and experience life to its fullest. So mm. I hope you enjoyed today and don't forget to subscribe. You can click below if you're on YouTube. If you are listening to us on Spotify or iTunes, please subscribe. Leave a great, uh, not a great if you don't <laughs> think so, but leave a comment, an honest review. We love those reviews. That helps people find out more about us. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Stay well. Take care, everyone. See you next Bye-bye. time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Soul Sessions with Creative Mind. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episode. And also join us on Facebook in our live interactive community, Young in Life Coaching with Creative Mind University. Have a great and wonderful day and we'll see you next week.